Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my goodness, what an evening it's been. Um, as of, I think it was the yesterday, we, we have five or six states that are recounting ballots or looking at their machines. Um, and we'll get into that briefly. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about ICE tonight. Um, Twitter has canceled ICE's account, and uh, ICE has been up doing some outstanding work, uh, which we'll talk about. Um, we're going to talk about uh, or listen to the account of a woman that was at a, um, a computer convention, and uh, she showed uh, how you could hack into a uh, voting machine in less than two minutes to get uh, administrator rights. Um, we're going to talk about um, another system analyst that uh, discovered fraud in one of the voting centers. I can't remember if it was Detroit or Philadelphia. Right now, it could have been any of the swing states, but we'll see because I have the uh, the audio. And uh, so um, anyway, we're going to I'm just going to get started on this because it's uh it's quarter to 12, and I'm, I'm kind of tired. So um, I, I did a show last night talking about uh, COVID-19 and long haulers. And I hope a lot of people got a lot out of that because it's important that uh, uh, people that have had COVID-19, even if you didn't know that you had it, but all of a sudden you feel strange. You feel, you know, you got a cough or you get a fever every once in a while or you, or you have no energy, uh, you have anxiety and stuff like that. It, you know, it could have been that you had COVID and you just didn't even know it. Um, so uh, my my call still stands that if you wanted to contact me, go to delusionresistance.org and you'll find a contact page there and you can uh, you can write to me and we'll we'll talk back and forth. And maybe we can direct our testimonies to uh, some of the sources that were on some of the pages that I introduced to you last night. Um, anyway, uh, so where do I start? <laughs> okay, well, those two things have to do with voting machines. There, there are like four or five different subjects that I want to talk about tonight. Um, maybe we'll, uh, we'll get into ICE and get that out of the way. Or uh, the child rescuing the children, that is. Okay. Um, <coughs> pardon me. Um, before you started, I'm going to get a cup of coffee. It helps to hydrate my throat a little bit, which helps me to cough up some stuff, if you know what I mean. Hold on. Some people might say, why don't you drink water? Well, I don't know. I drink enough water every day, and water doesn't keep me awake like caffeine does. So I'm going to try to get through with this without gasping for breath and uh, and stuff like that. So uh, if I have to take a momentary breather, um, it'll only be for a couple of seconds, and uh, we'll continue on. I have a bad habit of trying to read as much as I can without stopping, and sometimes it runs me out of air. <laughs> So, and my fingernails, um, looking at them, they're nice and pink, so there's no blue in there, and I don't have any blue lips, so um, we're doing good. Anyway, there was a, an article that was posted um, on on um, Parler, 
and I just wanted to share it with you. It was uh, dated 10-13-2020, which, or excuse me, 10-23-2020. How can that be? Oh, I was last month. Never mind. This is 11. Okay. Anyway, and it's uh, by Sooner Politics News. And I can't remember what state the Sooner State is. Isn't that Iowa or something like that? Um, anyway, I'll have to look that up because I just remembered that. Uh, one state, they call themselves the Sooners. Um, anyway, in the title, it's titled Mexican Journalist Exposes Joe Biden's Human Trafficking Compact. If you voted for Biden, this is what you voted for. Okay. And if there's a snowball's chance in hell that he that he wins the election because it looks like maybe it'll lean in Trump's favor, which is why I did uh, Will There Be a Civil War? There probably will be one by December of this year um, because I do think that it's going to turn around and Trump's going to get elected and there's going to be a lot of hissy fits that are going to go on in the way of rioting and looting and and it's going to be all over the place. Anyway, uh, Mexican journalist exposes Joe Biden's human trafficking compact. Uh, and it doesn't have an author. Hmm, that's interesting. Okay. It's that after last night's presidential debate, a Mexican journalist immediately filed a live video event to respond to the deadly lies of Joe Biden. Oscar, uh, quotation marks, L. Blue Ramirez, um, is a Mexican journalist based in Tijuana. He gives an excellent breakdown of the UN compact that Joe Biden and Barack Obama signed. That compact led to a massive influx of child trafficking and over 20,000 children in cages during the Obama administration. They all like to blame that on Trump, but it started during his administration, so... Uh, Obama's, that is, and and also Biden's. Uh, he was the vice president. Okay. El Blue gives a firsthand witness to the Coyote Network of Organized Crime and Human Trafficking of Children. He describes a massive black market industry that Obama slash Biden created by signing the UN Global Compact on Open Borders. The fake families that resulted from the compact are a result of poorly designed text with loopholes wide enough to build concentration camps within. Um, El Blue says 72,000 trafficked kids have been rescued during the Donald Trump administration because of the efforts to determine if a child was actually a biological offspring of a so-called parent who paid coyotes for the use of the child. And that's what was happening, folks. Uh, They were actually selling their children to bring them into this country so that they could uh, then come to this country later on. But uh, unfortunately, a lot of the children were sold into sex slavery. So anyway, that's the first article I wanted to get into. And uh, we can thank ICE for and the Border Patrol for um, helping to uh, free those 72,000 trafficked kids. And I just, you know, real quick, Father, I pray in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach that um, Oscar L. Blue Ramirez remains safe. We pray that you put a hedge of protection around him, that nothing could touch him, nothing could hurt him, that when um, when and if somebody comes up against him to take him out or to kidnap him or whatever, that they see gigantic flaming angels around Oscar Ramirez, and they'll go, they'll flee running. 
and uh, they were made a free, happy, and alive human being. Um, the powers that he's come up against are, are enormous, especially on the other side of the border. And uh, he's pitted himself against all the coyotes and probably the drug uh, cartels, too. So um, hopefully he, he came over here and got uh, some kind of protection from Trump after exposing all this stuff. Another sip. Hold on. It's been interesting. It's been quiet here, and I have to share something with you real quick. I know this is really off the subject, but we live out in the country, and we live in a 120-year-old home, um, probably be 121 in January or February, well, probably next summer. They probably built houses in the summer back in 1900. Um, but anyway, it is not, it is, it's not the warmest house in the world, let's put it that way. It takes a lot to keep it warm, but once it gets warm in here, it stays warm for a while. But anyway, um, we have had problems in the past with, uh, little mice. And, um, we have a, a Yorkie who's, uh, like a, a super mouser. Her name is Ellie. She's getting up in years. She's 15 years old now, but she can still smell and, and detect when there's a mouse in the house. And, uh, so anyway, she's been going over by the stove, um, and I've been hearing little scratches from behind the stove. And, uh, so I went next door to get mouse traps, and of course they were out of them. Uh, I went down to the next town, Holly, and they were out of them. So I had to drive down to Sweet Home, which is about a yeah, 10, 15 minute drive away, depending on if you get behind a log truck or not. Um, and, um, I picked up some down there and I picked up some peanut butter because if you want to catch mice with a mouse trap, put peanut butter on it. They love it. Uh, it'll work every time. Cheese is a fallacy. I never use cheese anymore. Anyway, so um, just before the show, probably about an hour before, I heard scratching in the wall again, you know, the, right behind me. And, and uh, but earlier today, I'd put two mouse traps up in the attic. We, we do have some attic space and, um, and when I heard the scratches, I went, oh, no. I said, please just go up to the attic, smell the the um, peanut butter, try to taste some of it, and die. <laughs> and I haven't heard any scratching in the wall for about about an hour now, an hour and a half. So anyway, uh, I didn't invent the perfect mousetrap, but I prevented I, – I, uh, took the advice of those who told me about peanut butter and it boy is it working good. Um anyway and I've got one down by the stove too so um and far enough away where the dogs can't get because <laughs> I don't want to catch a dog's foot um and another vet bill. Anyway um so that was that little article that I found. And um uh, that's going to have to do with the voting machines, so I'm going to minimize that again. So anyway, um, so we did the ice thing. We did the uh, – no, yeah, I did mention earlier, I think, at the onset or even in the explanation for what the, pilot, uh, the show is today, that uh, Twitter in its infinite stupidity – and I want, I want Jack Dorsey to know um, – in no uncertain terms that uh, there's a really nice special place in hell for you, Jack. 
I know you don't believe in it. I know you're probably an atheist or subscribe to one of the Eastern religions because that's what you hippies do. But um, anyway, uh, you can doubt all you want. But uh, one of these days, you know, it could be 20, 30 years from now, you're going to draw your last breath and um, you're going to go to a not so nice place unless you get your act straightened out. Um, so, Jack Dorsey, that's my message to you. But anyway, so why would Twitter go out of its way to, to cancel ISIS's um, uh, their account on Twitter? Well, especially when ICE is rescuing children. Well, maybe Mr. Dorsey is involved in some of the child trafficking that's going on. Some of the uh, sex slave stuff that children are used for. That's being exposed like there's no tomorrow. Um, so maybe he got a little nervous and he's pissed off at um, at Twitter. So he decided, you know, well, I'm going to do the uh, passive aggressive thing and just take your account away. So. But anyway, you know, I've lost an account to Twitter just because I made a connection between 5G and uh, and uh, COVID-19. I, I guess uh, somebody of importance noticed that, and they um, decided to complain to one of Mr. Dorsey's psychophants, and they lost my account. Well, that's okay because that's what Rumble's about. That's what banned videos is about. And everything else. Uh, so I, I really think that Twitter and Facebook are going to go down the tubes, especially um, I think tomorrow is tomorrow, Friday. Yeah, uh, Friday, there's supposed to be uh, loads of people that are going to be leaving Facebook and Twitter and they'll be going to Parler and MeWe and other like formats like MeWe that are, very, you know, kind of similar to to uh, Facebook. But uh you know, you screw around with people too much and, and they leave. And, you know, if you want to turn it, uh, Facebook and Twitter into total, um, um, uh, libtard country, uh, then that's your, your business. You can do whatever you want to, but, um, uh, you guys are going to get awful bored talking about the same stuff over and over again. Actually, it might work out for the better because if you keep complaining about things that, um, keep getting proved wrong, well, then maybe you'll, um, People get tired of it and they'll realize that, uh, that liberalism is just a bunch of BS anyway. And then they'll switch over to, uh, become real Americans again, uh, in case they were before they, uh, you know, uh, anyway. So we got that going. And, uh, so let's see. Let's go to. Okay, first thing I want to lead off with is good news. Oh, good news for a change. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Good news. How blessed are the, on the mountain are the feet of those who bear good news. And, uh, we used to sing a song like that and then he used to continue on announcing peace, proclaiming news of happiness. Our God reigns. And our God does reign because things are starting to happen around this country. Um, and uh, this report is from, um, well, it's from the Gateway Pundit, and I, he got the map from somebody else. Um, it's like 270 to win or something like that. Well, anyway, on um, this map, um, of course, if it's it shows blue, it's a, it's a state that voted Democrat. If it shows red, it's a state that uh, voted Republican. Oh, and that is the video that I wanted to share with you guys. And I 
um, maybe tomorrow. Because there's a, a professor out there, a history professor, that uh, uh, shares about a 20-minute lesson in how uh, the process goes if uh, if there's a tie, not if there's a tie, but if there's a uh, if nobody um, declines the uh, the vote. Uh, you know, I'm trying to say if uh, concedes, if nobody concedes um, either Biden or Trump. Then it gets thrown to, it gets thrown in different directions. I think first it goes to the Supreme Court and then it goes to the, the, uh, the legislature, um, in Washington, but, uh, each state only gets one vote and there's more, um, red states than there are blue states. So, uh, which means that it would be an automatic win for Trump. So no matter what we look at it, this thing is, seems to be going in a good direction. Um, Anyway, the map shows that Nevada, Arizona, um, it almost looks like part of Nebraska. Uh, maybe one of the delegates in Nebraska is being contested. Um, Georgia, of course, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin um, are all uh, being considered uh, for recounts or lawsuits. Um, it says, based on actual results and accounting for states currently not called, still counting, recounting, under investigation or audit, or states with election issues now in the courts, President Trump is winning the 2020 presidential election. Per consideration for all the states still in question, President Trump is currently winning in, in the 2020 election. It says, again, here's what we already know. A number of states have been called, but a number are still in question. Here's a list of those questions. Pennsylvania, although the current counts show Biden leading there, uh, leading there is so much corruption, people need to use punctuation. Um, Start again. Pennsylvania, dash. There's a good punctuation right there. Um, Although the current counts show Biden leading, there should be a comma there. There is so much corruption in this state that it is likely that this state will never come to transparent and agreed upon decision on who wins the state. President Trump was up 700,000 votes on election night, but more than a million ballots were added since then. Since that, since should be a comma, that which eventually stole the election, the election for Biden. The president was a clear path to victory uh, once the illegal votes Excuse me. The president has a clear path to victory once the illegal votes are addressed. So it's going to court. Um, uh, it says trending boom. Uh, Trump tweets uh, reports Dominion deleted 2.7 million Trump votes nationwide. Data analysis finds 221,000 Pennsylvania votes switched from President Trump to Biden. We'll read more about that later. Um, there's a more in-depth article about it. Uh, Wisconsin, the state is, as well as, man, no bad punctuation. How do you read when there's, well, oh, wow, I see a comma way down there. Um, Wisconsin, this state as well, comma, now shows Biden in the lead, but early, and I'm putting commas in there where they should be, now shows Biden in the lead. But early in the morning after the election, more than uh, 100,000 votes magically appeared in Milwaukee. 
but currently for Biden is only 20,000. If these votes or exception, if these votes or the exception in the number of Rock, Rock County are addressed, Trump will likely win this state by a large margin. Michigan, this state is full of fraud. <laughs> Washington, I mean, I mean, uh, Michigan is uh, to the fraud-wise is to uh, Lake Michigan what what uh, Chicago is to the the west side of Lake Michigan. Um, both fraudulent places and both overrun with union activity. Um, Michigan State is full of is as well full of fraud. Lawsuits are in place. In addition, there were over 100,000 votes dumped in Detroit, and the lead here was stolen from Trump as well. Uh, once the illegal votes are eliminated, President Trump has a very good chance of winning this state as well. Georgia, this state too has much fraud. Uh, the president was winning this state on election night by 100,000 votes, but after the election, a program was put into place to basically harvest the number of ballots. Now Biden leads the state as well. Once the harvested ballots are thrown out, the state will go to Trump as well. Nevada, there is much fraud here as well. Signatures uh, were not verified on hundreds of thousands of votes. It's likely that President Trump will win the state if any of the ineligible votes are eliminated here as well. Arizona, and I've got a running um, debate with uh, Ralph Epperson because I'm, I'm not crazy about Nevada and he's not crazy about Oregon. Um, both of our schools, uh, colleges are rivals and, uh, and other things. Uh, Ralph lived up here for a while and um, I don't know why he not too crazy about Oregon, but uh, I've got my reasons for Arizona and uh one of them being that they kept electing John McCain in the office, and he was one of the biggest rhinos and a traitor. And they kept voting for him. And uh, I don't know. Well, I guess you could use that argument for, for any Democrat that any state puts into office. They're all crooked. Now, don't get me wrong. They're crooked Republicans, too. But when you got people like Pelosi and Feinstein that were worth basically nothing when they got into office, and now they're worth uh, – you know, tens of millions of dollars. You got to wonder, you know. Let me get another sip here. I do think that the caffeine in coffee is an expectorant. Um, it's supposed to be a vaso, vaso uh, constrictor. But I haven't found that. Either that or I've gotten so used to it. I've been drinking it so many years. Anyway, let's move on. Arizona. And this is what cracks me up and why I brought up Ralph Epperson. Arizona. No one knows what the hell is going on here. <laughs> um, due to the delays in counting and recording a winner, it's likely this state is being stolen from President Trump as well. What a mess. And uh, if, you, if you realize that Arizona is the place where Car uh, Californians go to retire and California is a virus, is a liberal virus, then that virus moves with those people to uh, Arizona. So that's why Arizona is going to hell. Um, Alaska, this still hasn't been called. Actually, it was, I think, today or yesterday. But it's clearly a red state. It should have been called on election night. No more debt. 
no doubt more monkey business going on here as well. In spite of all the fraud, President the president currently has more roads to win the election than Biden. Okay. Uh, if Americans and President Trump obtain fair verdicts and court decisions, President Trump will be declared a winner. This is now all now down to the courts and other places, too, if the courts fail to or if the Supreme Court throws it to the legislature. So, um, man, how I wish I would have gotten that video. I've got it on my phone. Um I think I even sent it to myself in an email or something. But anyway, I would have to just really concentrate on doing that. And it would put a big lag of no talk on the um, on the radio show. So I don't want to do that. I guess I could play some music, but I haven't uploaded any. So anyway, so that's good news um, if you're conservative. Um I still, for the life of me, can't understand why even Democrats, I look at, I'm looking at the map, California, Oregon, uh, Washington. And you know what? One thing ought to be kept in mind, and if somebody's listening to this and they can get it to the right people, Oregon has uh, voted uh, in its legislature, uh, mandated actually, against the will of the people, by the way, that their electoral votes aren't gonna are, are gonna go to the person that wins the most popular votes. So if Trump wins the most popular votes, then Oregon should be turned into a red state because it uh, because of that new law. So that should that should be noted and sent to the right, right authorities if you can somebody could do that. Just a little bit busy with things here. Um, anyway, so I'm gonna make that tab go away. Now, Trump's got some, some, he's got lots of bitter enemies. Um, and, uh, well, one of them is, uh, I'm trying to remember his name, John Brennan. Now, John Brennan always looks like he needs to take a bowel movement. He always looks like he's bound up and has been for maybe three or four years. He's just a very angry and bitter looking individual. And uh, and I think that comes from him picking the wrong side all the time and not realizing that it's him that's the problem and not not the other people. But um, OK, so it says here, XCAHE funder Obama urges palace coup against Trump so he doesn't declassify everything. See, they're afraid that Trump is going to declassify all this stuff so that everybody can read it. And everybody should be able to read it. I mean, dang it, we're Americans. We should be able to know um, all the clarity that happens in, in, of everything in government, you know. It says, days ago, amid Trump's administration's election challenge turmoil, which has resulted in over a dozen lawsuits filed in several battleground states, Donald Trump Jr. urged the president to unleash a nuclear option, declassify everything. Oh, I love Donald Trump Jr. And if he runs for president, he's got my vote. Declassify everything, he wrote in all caps on Twitter. We can't let the bad actors get away with it. Others also picked up on the idea. Here's some of the constructive uh, Trump 
Here's something constructive Trump could do before leaving office at noon on January 20th. He could order, demand, insist that all classify intel and other documents relating to the origin of the Russian election investigation be declassified and released to the public forthwith unredacted. And that's from columnist uh, Sheldon Richmond. And by the way, I'm getting this from, um, uh, where am I getting it from? Zerohedge.com forward slash political forward slash ex-CIA chief under Obama urges palace coup against Trump so he doesn't declassify. This, okay, it'll explain this in here. Um, and uh, Cuomo, who should be um, removed from the list of Italian-Americans because the guy's, oh, the guy, you know, I mean, if, if you still consider Mussolini to be a good man, this guy would be perfect for, to run for office with Mussolini or somebody like him. But uh, Andrew Cuomo is... Uh, this was a quote from him, a Cuomo primetime at Cuomo primetime. And it's a Twitter tweet. He says, President Trump is like a cornered cat. He's going to lash out. And the fact that he has the powers of the presidency in his hands is quite worrisome. Former CIA director John Brennan calls on Vice, Pre- Vice President Pence and the cabinet to invoke the 25th Amendment and strip President Trump of his powers. Well, that can only be used if the president's unable to discharge his. Uh, they did it for Reagan when he was shot. Um, I think Bush became president for a day or two until Reagan recovered. Um, the excuse that they would use is he's not in his right mind, which is probably what if Biden does get into office, which I seriously doubt, um, Kamala Harris will probably use against Biden. Um, cause we know for a fact that he's not mentally capable to discharge the offices of the president of the United States. Okay. The article continues in the incredible Monday evening CNN interview. Oh, there we go. The communist news network. Uh, Brendan himself responsible for him. Here, here we go. Himself responsible for stoking the now widely debunked Russiagate claims. From the start of the Trump presidency, brazenly urged President Vice President Mike Pence to seize power. Talking about a cat being cornered, my goodness. It's always funny how how the Democrats and and a lot of people that do evil um, will always accuse their the people that they're trying to do evil to of the ones that are they'll call them the ones that are doing the evil. If if a Democrat says something about somebody, you know that that person's probably a pretty good person. Um, Brennan took things even further and added specifics in terms of what former longtime spy chief wants to see happen. If Vice President Pence and the cabinet had an ounce of fortitude and spine and patriotism. Yeah, he knows patriotism, right? The guy's a traitor. Patriots cannot be traitors. And the guy's a traitor. Um, I think that they would seriously consider invoking the 25th Amendment and pushing Donald Trump out because he is just very unpredictable now, he added. (laughs) Oh, that's good. See, they don't like that he's unpredictable. Go, Trump, go. And then... um, 
Jake Tapper, I don't know where he's from. He says, I love this idea. And that's when um, Donald Trump Jr. said to classify everything. We can't let the bad actors get away with it. Okay. And uh, referencing what appears to be a post-election purge in Exodus following multiple federal agency top officials either being pushed out or resigning since uh, last Thursday, even as votes were being tallied, Brennan suggested that this is part of the Trump conspiracy to compromise national security. People are leaving on their own cognizance, and it's Trump's fault. Okay. Um, if Mark Esper had been pushed aside because he's not listening to Donald Trump carrying out these orders, who knows what his uh, successor, uh, this acting secretary, Chris Miller, is going to do that Donald Trump does give some type of, of order to really, that really is counter- to what I think our national security interests need to be. We don't give a rat's ass what you think, Brennan. It's national security, national security, no matter what you think it is. Why don't you do this a favor and do like Benedict Arnold and move to England and die in obscurity. Um, but thankfully, few actually in power are, list, are likely to listen to John Brennan, given his sour grapes and anger at Trump uh, has Clearly long been personal. Okay. Um, let's see. This Ryan Bow here says uh, Pentagon finally confirms near total decapitation of civilian leadership in the last 24 hours. Secretary of Defense Esper fired Monday. The top Pentagon policy official, top Defense Department intelligence official, and chief of staff to the Defense Secretary all out today. Doesn't mean he fired him. Okay. And it says, after all, who can forget this episode? John O. Brennan, the CIA director under President Barack Obama, Obama, struck back at President Trump on Thursday for revoking his security clearance, <laughs> calling the president's claims of no collusion with Russia to influence the 2016 election hogwash and argued that the commander-in-chief was trying to silence anyone who would dare to challenge him. And we later found out that the Democrats were colluding with Russia, not Trump. Uh, so it says, so given um, giving Brennan is now openly literally calling for an illegal overthrow of a sitting president of the United States, Trump now appears fully vindicated in having revoked his security clearance in the first place. Amen and hallelujah. Okay, that's done. Okay, I'm going to read that one later. Um, this might be a hallelujah moment here. Um, this is a Fox News article. I'm not crazy about Fox News, but it's put out by the right scoop. I don't know what the right scoop is. Hopefully by right, they mean right wing. It says, breaking, judge orders Pennsylvania not to count certain segregated ballots. Uh, let's see. Um, and this Kyle Becker on, um, I, yeah, it's Twitter. It says, breaking, Pennsylvania, judge orders segregated ballots should not be counted. It rules the, Pens the Pennsylvania Secretary of State lacked 
statutory authority to override election law. Critically, the state has a Republican state legislature. Uh, SCOTUS may be may ultimately decide the case now. Um, okay. So that's not too long. Just do this. Fox News, the Pennsylvania judge ruled in favor of Trump campaign Thursday, ordering the state may not count ballots where the voters needed to provide proof of identification and failed to do so by November 9th. State law said the voter, they didn't do it by November 9th. They should be thrown out. I mean, that's a no duh moment, you know. Um, state law said voters have until six days after the election this year, and that was November 9th. They should not even have six days. Uh, this year, that was November 9th to cure the problem regarding a lack of proof of identification. After the Pennsylvania Supreme Court ruled that, you know what just chafes my rear end? I got to carry my license with me all the time. If, even when my wife is driving, if we get pulled over and I don't have ID, I get hauled into the police station. You know, um, if I I'm carrying my weapon and I don't have my um, permits to carry. I can get hauled into the police station. I have to have identification on me that proves that I'm, I am, um, I've been cleared for that, that the FBI has investigated me in a whole nine yards. You know, um, if I don't have a badge at work, I don't get in, <laughs> you know, identification is everything. So, Letting people vote without identification, my gosh, you know, you should, they should be, see, that's why the polls need to be opened up. They need to have people just going in there and presenting their identifications like we used to do in the good old days. And there was never these problems. Um, and, um, you know, and, and vote in person and everything's cool. And if you're worried about COVID, well, then, you know. That's your problem. I'm sorry, but uh, people have we've had flu epidemics because this is November. It's every four years in November we have an election and it's always cold and flu season in November. It has been since the nation was founded. And I'm sorry, but if you're worried about going and voted, then you shouldn't have voted in uh, the election in 2016. You shouldn't have voted in the election in 2012. Uh, 2008, 2004, 2000, on and on and on. That's that's hypocritical. Because if you're that worried about getting sick, then uh, you shouldn't be going into public places anyway. I had an argument with a woman on Facebook about that one day. She was complaining about people not wearing masks in Safeway, a local store down in Sweet Home. And... Uh, I said, well, you know, when COVID wasn't around, did you wear a mask or did you expect people to wear masks? No, I didn't. I just didn't go to the store. I had other people go for me and I go, well, what the hell's going on with you? Have other people go for you, go to the store for you now, you know? Um, but, you know, everybody's got to have a say on Facebook. Everybody's, which is why I'm glad a lot of people are leaving and I'm, I don't know. I just might keep it open just to let people know when the radio shows are on. But it, um, I, I've had it. Anyway, state laws. Uh, let's see. I read that. Um, 
After the Pennsylvania Supreme Court ruled that mail-in ballots could be accepted three days after the election day, uh, Pennsylvania Secretary of State Kathy Bukvar submitted guidance that said proof of identification could be provided up until November 12th, which is six days from the ballot accepted deadline. Uh, that guidance is, was issued two days before Election Day. The court concludes that the re- respondent, Kathy uh, Bukvar, God, I wonder where that name's from, um, is her in her official capacity as Secretary of the Commonwealth, lacked statutory authority to issue the November 1st, 2020 guidance to respond to respondents county boards of elections insofar uh, as the elections purported to change the deadline for certain electors to verify proof of, of identification. Judge Mary Hannah Levitt said the court said in a court order. Okay, and it goes on and on and on, and I'm not going to read anymore. But the court has found it illegal and that those ballots have to be 86th. Hallelujah. Congratulations, President Trump. Okay. Now, let's see. Play the Trump. Okay, that's that. That's that. Press release. That gets into the other thing. Newsmax. Okay. Well, I guess, oh, we're not done with the, um, the ice stuff yet, folks. Okay. Um, we read about how, um, how Trump is to be applauded for, um, rescuing, what was it? 72,000. Uh, children from the coyotes that were bringing them over the, the border for sex slave purposes and or other things. But um, anyway, um, there's an article there, ICE International Partners Arrest 113 Child Predators. Okay. Basically, they worked with uh, other organizations in other countries. Um Yeah, I can read this part of it. I'm not going to read the uh, the header part of it. A sample of the HMI uh, HSI domestic enforcement actions as part of OPC uh, seven include HSI Raleigh, North Carolina, November six. HSI and the Cary Police Department executed a federal arrest warrant on a suspect for the production transportation and possession of child pornography. If he produced it, he was using children, folks. That's what that means. HSI uh, Raleigh received the lead from C3 regarding a suspect posting child pornography in uh, KIK or KIK chat rooms. Forensics located hundreds of images of children child pornography to include several naked images of his children. Oh, my God. Uh, a warrant was subsequently issued for the subject's arrest. You know, in a perfect world, people that would do things like this would either be born sterile or whatever. Um, to produce children using your own porno flicks, that's that's one sick, um, and I can use the word because it's in the Bible, bastard. Um, 
HSI Panama City, Florida, November 5th, HSI and Lynn, L-Y-N-N, that is, uh, Haven Police Department executed a residential search warrant for possession and distribution of child pornography. The National Center for Missing Children and Exploited Children um, provided information indicating that the target of investigation has used the Facebook Messenger app to distribute files of child pornography. What an idiot that is. Um, one individual was arrested on scene for child exploitative, exploitative material. Two additional individuals were arrested during the search warrant for narcotics possession. Yeah, the two seem to go together, I guess. HSI um, Knoxville, Tennessee and Knoxville Internet uh, Crimes Against Children, ICAC Task Force. November 6, HSI and the Knoxville ICAC Task Force um, executed a federal search warrant at a local resident regarding peer-to-peer file sharing software and child pornography on his computer. And then we go down to HSI, Nashville, Tennessee, November 4th, HSI, FBI, U.S. Secret Service, and the Rutherford County uh, Sheriff's Office executed a multi-agent residential search warrant in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, concerning and assessing the assessing of child exploitation darknet websites. Sometimes you wish there wasn't an internet. HSI uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, November 5th. HSI executed a residential search warrant for the possession and distribution of child pornography in Brownsville, Pennsylvania. Ah, I wonder if it was a Democrat. HSI Pittsburgh indicated an investigation on a suspected on a suspect based on lead information provided by uh, KIK Incorporated, indicating that the suspect had used the KIK app to, or the KIK app, I don't know how that's pronounced, to distribute files in child pornography. HSI Northridge, California, November 4th, HSI executed a residential search warrant for possession and distribution of child pornography in West Hills, California. HSI Northridge initiated an investigation at the residence based on lead information provided by HSI McAllen, McAllen, Texas, and Twitter, indicating a target at the residence had used Twitter direct messaging to distribute files of child pornography. Um, HSI Denver, Colorado, November 6, HSI Colorado Cyber Guardian Task Force executed four federal search warrants in Denver metro area based on the exchange of images of child sexual abuse material. May they all die in prison and then rot in hell. I know it's not a good thing for a Christian to say, but, uh, you know, if you're that far gone, maybe you're better off down there than here. I know we're better off if you're down there. Um, HSI International Partner Enforcement Actions. There's only about four of those. So Brazil, HSI Brasilia, 137 child exploitation related search warrants and 74 arrests. Argentina, HSI um, Buenos Aires. 37 child exploitation related search warrants and 23 arrests. Paraguay, HSI Buenos Aires, two child exploitation related search warrants and two arrests. P- 
Panama, HSI Panama City, seven child exploitation related search warrants and five arrests. In addition, HSI Brasilia has partnered closely with non-governmental organization NGO uh, Child Rescue Coalition to combat child exploitation through the use of child protection software, CPS. Um, between fiscal years 2016 and 2019, HSI Brasilia provided 11 technical training exercises on the use of the CPS to law enforcement agencies in Brazil and other nations across Latin America, leading to multiple investigations of child exploitation offenses in their respected countries. Man, it's all coming down, folks. You know, I always wondered, you know, we used to have their pictures on milk cartons, you know, missing children and stuff like that. You always wondered where they went. You know, now we know. And sometimes, I guess, from what I've heard, is that sometimes after they're used, they're, they're, uh, they're killed. And, uh, I don't know. It all makes me want the return of Yeshua more and more and more. But the sad thing is that it's only going to get worse before it gets better, before he comes back. Okay. I mentioned earlier that um, Jack Dorsey runs, is the CEO of Twitter. And uh, the guy looks like he's either born a hippie parents or he is a hippie. I don't care how much money he's got. Um, Jack, you can't take it with you. So anyway, I'll get out of that because just looking at the guy makes me want to vomit. Okay. Now there's a guy named Ken Paxton. He's a legislator down in, um, news in Texas. And there's an article that says Ken Paxton, uh, to news, uh, Max TV. And this is all leading up to a couple of, uh, audio files I want to play for you. Okay. So. Hang in there. Um, let me see something really quick before we go there. Okay, that does with the machines. Okay. And let's see. That's that. Okay, because that goes with that. All right. Anyway, Ken Paxton to Newsweek, to Newsmax TV. There's a reason Texas rejected Dominion. And there is a sound or a video, actually. And I couldn't find a way to get the sound file. So, um, what I did is I'm just going to read the article real quick. Um, it's, it's kind of a short article. So here we go. As Dominion voting systems software comes increasingly under scrutiny in contested presidential elections this cycle, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton tells Newsmax TV his state tested the software and rejected it. I might want to add uh, that uh, uh Soros has a lot to do with this. George Soros, he, he owns either the machines or the software or both or has patents on them and um, and uh, has uh, donated quite a lot of money to put all this into place. And now we're seeing the results of it. But uh, Soros on an IQ level uh, with Trump is uh, Trump's probably um, – very many double digits ahead of Soros. Plus, he's a believer, Trump is, in Yeshua, and so he's got that going for him. And uh, if Soros worships anybody, he worships Lucifer, and Lucifer is a, 
a fallen angel that's been kicked out of heaven, sometimes called Satan. And uh, so Soros worships uh, the creation and uh, believers like Trump worship the creator, uh, which if you worship the creation, that's that's a sign of insanity. My son, I would believe, you know, it's no different than having fake gods set up on your uh, on your wall like Abraham's father had. OK. Uh, there's a reason he says that Texas rejected it. Um, we didn't do it arbitrarily. We knew that there were unreliable systems and we didn't trust them. And this is from Newsmax, by the way, um, if you didn't get that already. Uh, we didn't want to be this, in the same situation that some of these other states are in now, uh, where we're questioning the results. So we clearly believe that uh, this was a problem. Paxson, uh, Paxson, excuse me, told Texas, uh, said Texas tested Dominion software up to three different times beginning in 2012, each time finding system failures in both hardware and software. We discovered that these systems are subject to different types of unauthorized manipulation and potential fraud, he said. Remember that. President uh, Donald Trump on Thursday accused Dominion voting systems of having deleted 2.7 million Trump votes nationwide. Uh, Trump tweeted a quote he attributed to One America News Network and its chief White House correspondent, uh, Chanel Rion, as saying, uh, and it said, report, Dominion deleted 2.7 million Trump votes nationwide Data analysis finds 221,000 Pennsylvania votes switched from President Trump to Biden, 941,000 Trump votes deleted. States using Dominion voting systems switched uh, 435,000 votes from Trump to Biden. Twitter flagged this post with a note, say, with a note that says this claim of election fraud is, is um, disputed, and that's Jack Dorsey talking, so we know he's a flaming liberal. Um, however, many, including some lawmakers, have criticized Dominion Software for not preventing glitches and other irregularities from occurring in voting machines. Dominion, and you're going to see that this wasn't an accident when we go a little bit down the road here. Dominion also brought, bought Sequoia voting systems in 2010, which raised questions due to accusations that the latter was involved in rigging the 2004 Venezuela elections. Ooh. Okay. Now remember that part too, because that's going to be very important as we move on. The United States medals in the elections of other countries, or at least they did before Trump got in. Okay, so that takes care of that Newsmax article. Okay, all right. Um, Trump, there's there there's a there was a tweet, and um, in this tweet there are some uh, pictures of the manual for the. Um, the software that was used in the elections. Okay. And if you don't find this alarming, you'll find nothing alarming. But um, it says here, uh, the, the person that posted this, and uh, it looks like it might have been Twitter. I don't know. Yeah, it was Twitter. Um, play the Trump card, lightning bolt, legal votes only, please. 
that's his name. Uh, when the res when the results your Dominion voting machine aren't what you'd like to see, you can swap in manual entries, delete files, and all kinds of stuff. 8.2 of the users of manual is interesting, but 8.3 is an explosion or a bomb, a boom. You know, look at this real quick, okay? Um, this is actually the manual for the software. Um, and uh, well, that's 8.3. Let's see if we can get to 8.2 first. Uh, maybe not. Okay, so here's what you can do with the software. Um, it's talking about the file results screen uh, and the way to reach it and what you can do when you get there. Okay, uh, the first uh, choice is initial. This is the first result state that is assigned once the result file is loaded or manually entered into the system. In this state, write-in resolution is allowed. If the result file is manually entered, the result date is still edit editable. Okay, that's a big problem. Result files in this state can be deleted by the user. Another big problem. Okay, the next uh, choice on the menu is validated. This state indicates that the user has reviewed the results of the result file and can be moved to the published state by more senior election official. Manual results in this state are no longer editable. Okay, and then it's published. This uh, state indicates that the results will be included in reports and exports. Okay, but the real interesting ones come next. Okay. From the result file screen, one or more of the result files can be selected and moved to another result state by using one of the following available buttons. Validate. This will move the result file to validate state. This is only allowed for result files in either initial or rejected state uh, with status NA or adjudicated. Uh, publish is the next uh, bullet point. This will move a result file to publish state. This is only allowed for result files in validated state with status uh, NA or adjudicated. And when it says state, it doesn't mean the state like the state that you're voting in. It's it's the state that of the uh, the elect the elect um, the ballot. Okay, what state or what? Um, um, place it finds itself in. Um, anyway, um, validate and publish is another one. Um, this will move result files to publish state. This is allowed only if the result file in the initial state with the status NA were adjudicated. Then there's the reject. This will move result files to rejected state. This is allowed for all result files in initial, validated, or public state. Rejecting result files will also spoil the batch, batch or batches of adjudication. That's a serious one because you can actually get rid of votes. Um, reset. This will move result uh, files back into the initial state. This is only allowed for rejected files. Status will remain the same as before the file was rejected. 
and allow adjudication. This will move the result file from skip state to the pending adjudication state. Note that this can be done only in the initial state. Um, okay. It allows, see what it's doing, folks, it's allowing for a lot of manipulation of the, of the uh, vote. Somebody can go in there and do any darn thing they want to. Um, Um, let's see. What are we getting into here? Deleting the results. Individual or selected selections of result files can be deleted from the result file screen, which can be reached by clicking the result files option and activity activities navigational panel general group. Um, don't quite understand that one. And then uh, the same guy posted this, and it's out of the same book. Uh, this is Chapter 12, Results Pair Resolution. Results tally and reporting allows manual entry of results that can be marked as replaceable, indicating that those results are temporary. Those temporary results are replaced as soon as the official result files are loaded into the RTR. At this point, the system will automatically create a result pair object, and it goes on and on, and I don't understand half of the, but um, the first part is important, where it talks about the results can be marked as replaceable. So in other words, the ballot can go in, uh, a certain value can be marked as replaceable, and replaced. Um, you can actually go into the software. What this is telling me is you can go into the software and everywhere it says Donald Trump, it could be changed to jump down to Biden. Okay. All right. Let's see. Transferring results from one RTR instance to another. That doesn't. And uh, well, anyway, it just goes to show you that there's actually a manual that tells you how you can cheat <laughs> when you're doing this and that um, you can manipulate votes or batches of votes. So if you ran, some ladies said they were running 53 at a time, and that might be on an audio that we're going to listen to here in a minute. But So if you had a mistake or something on one of them, uh, let's just say that you had 50 of them that were for Trump. You could uh, hit replace and then put Biden in there and then run them through again and it would replace Trump with Biden, which is exactly what they're talking about happened in some of these instances. And um, I'm surprised Twitter allowed that to remain up long enough for somebody to get a screenshot of it. Maybe, um, maybe Jack Dorsey was taking a vacation that day and couldn't... Uh, give his psycho fans the right orders and he didn't get rid of it fast enough. Okay. Let's get rid of that window. We're moving down here. Okay. Uh, let's see. There's nothing really there. Okay. Now we're going to get in. We're going to listen to a couple of files. The first one we're going to listen to is, um, from a, uh, a woman, um, named uh, Melissa Carone, C-A-R-O-N-E. And uh, 
she provides some specific details that provide crit- credibility to what she's talking about. And it's an interview with Lou Dobbs, and he does really good at interviewing. So I'm not even going to go into um, into any more where where this is concerned, except to to read the press release by her attorney. Um, or the, the attorney that's representing her and a bunch of other clients or a bunch of clients that are contesting the results of the election in that specific state. So let me um, just for a moment minimize this. And uh, before we go into that, um, I want to play a video of a woman at a um, a convention where they, you know, they talked about hacking and computers and stuff like that. A couple, it's a couple years old, I think. It would have more to do with the 2016 elections than 2012. And I understand that there's still, still about 15 or 16 states that are using the machine that this woman was easily, could easily hack into. And, and when she hacked into it, she gained control of the administrator rights to that particular computer which means that she probably or somebody could have probably got into any of the machines if they had this knowledge and they could have changed it to where the machines would change the vote, just like we were talking about with this uh, Dominion software. Um, And by the way, there are sources that show that the Dominion software was used um, in the elections in Venezuela. I know, I think it's this... um, this one she's working on here, or it was another program. They actually went in and um, changed the machines in Venezuela. And it's probably the reason why we got Hugo Chavez to begin with. So these people are socialists, and they put a socialist into power in Venezuela. Look what's happened to Venezuela. It's the same thing that they want to do to our country, folks. The very same thing, and it's got to be stopped. It's got to be checked right here. And personally, I think that after this election, everybody should have to go in and vote, show an ID that they're an American citizen and a citizen of that state, a citizen of that county. It's real easy to get registered in your county and have a voting card with you. You bring this stupid thing in with you. You show it to the election official. They realize, hey, he lives here and he's supposed to vote at this particular place. You vote and you go home. Um, Not like the crap that's been going on lately. Anyway, let's listen to this woman break into this machine. It's it's totally awesome and scary at the same time. This is Dabu7. I want to share with you here some footage that was taken at DEF CON at the hacking conference showing just how easy it is to physically gain admin access on a voting machine that is used in 18 states. It requires no tools and it took her under two minutes to pull this off. And she's right. We have a a right to be concerned when things like this are happening. I'll leave a link below. I'm very concerned for our upcoming election because this voting machine is used in 18 different states and it's extremely easy to get admin access on this machine. So let me show you how quick it is. About a little under two minutes. All they have to do, this bad actor, would be to open up this machine by pressing this button right here. When it's off, removing the card reader, removing this, you don't need any tools to do this. Unplugging this, again, you don't need any tools to do this. Turning it on, all you have to do is pick this lock here with a ballpoint pen. Open this up, press the red button. 
and we're going to let it boot up here, and then I'll show you the admin access. So it's loading what, what they call a secure voting terminal right now. And here we're going to see a couple of error messages, and all you have to do to bypass those error messages is just click cancel and OK. And now I have full admin access, under two minutes. There you have it, folks. In under two minutes, she could access that machine, get into the administrative features of it. Thus, she could control the whole machine and what it does from the time that she turned it on or time that she accessed the admin rights uh, until the time that the machine was done casting votes at the end of the election. Um, it would be quite simple. You just leave the machines on overnight. Or actually, voting is done in one day. Back back in the last election, it was. Um, so you you turn the machine, you get in there at night before everything opens. You you hack the machine, you get in there into the admin rights. You put it so that maybe every vote or every other vote or every third vote is for the one that you want to get in, not necessarily the one that's going to get the most votes. And then you close the machine back up. And I remember back in 2016, people were complaining that they were there. First of all, one of them said that there wasn't a button for Trump. Um, and they complained about that and had to vote manually, I think. And and uh, the second uh, instance, they found that every time that they voted for um, for um, Trump, that it would go down to uh, uh, Hillary Clinton. So uh, the machine was programmed to do that. Not the machine's fault. It's the person that programmed the stupid thing. And it was a Democrat, of course. <laughs> um, and I'm sure Soros sends out orders. You know, this is this is really easy to do. Just do this this way. You notice that she didn't need any tools. Um, and she, well, actually, the only tool she used was a ballpoint pen. And that opened up a... Uh, something that was supposed to be locked and unlockable with something else, you know, like a key. But she was able to use a ballpoint pen to manipulate it and open it up. So these Dominion machines that they're using this time, um, I wouldn't doubt that, uh, well, they went to more of a central command, actually. And the central command is the one that... Um, that manipulated things. Anyway, now I'm going to um, play the, the Lou Dobbs. And, and by the way, that last video uh, was from a, um, a YouTuber uh, named Dabu7, D-A-H-B-O-O-7. And I guess his, um, his site is the Underground World News. Okay. So I want to give credit where credit's due. And I hope I've done that the rest of this this audio. But anyway, if I didn't, people let me know. Um, so Melissa Carone, well, well, we'll let you. Lou Dobbs is a really good uh, job at interviewing her and found, finding out why she was where she was and why she saw what she saw and everything. So here we go. This is Fox News. Lou Dobbs interviewing Melissa Carone. 
and also her lawyers there too. And after we listen to the lawyer, he's going to give a um, a link, and I'm going to go to that link, and I'm going to read the um, the court paper that was submitted, um, basically a layman's version of it uh, that was submitted to the court with all the charges that he was um, accusing the uh, the parties of doing. Okay, here's the here's the audio. Breaking news now. We have obtained a new whistleblower complaint from a woman in Wayne County, Michigan. Michigan. It lays out in detail what appears to be outright illegality that took place inside the TCF Center in downtown Detroit. The sworn affidavit signed by IT worker Melissa Carone exposes how ballots were scanned and counted, in some cases multiple times, how Republicans were pushed aside cut out of the oversight process to which they are entitled, and even details of how ballots were illegally altered by other election workers. Part of her affidavit reads, quote, I witnessed countless workers rescanning the batches without discarding them first, which resulted in ballots being, ballots being counted four to five times. Joining us tonight with much more is the author of that sworn affidavit, Melissa Carone. She was contracted by Dominion Voting Services to offer technical support while votes were being counted in Detroit. David Coleman, who is Melissa's attorney, joins us here this evening. We welcome you both. Uh, and Melissa, I want to just say, first of all, uh, my compliments to you for having the courage to step forward uh, and to say exactly what you saw uh, and to uh, to defend the integrity of our electoral process. And, uh, and I want you to know I'm deeply dra- grateful, and I'm sure all Americans are deeply grateful to you. Uh, let me start with the the most egregious part of what I read in, in your of your affidavit multiple counts of the same ballots. How did that happen? So the workers are handed uh, ballots in stacks of 50s. Um, They are referred to as batches, and they run Mm -hmm. them through the tabulators. When the ballot has any kind of a mark on it, it'll stop. The, the tabulator will stop completely, and the computer will put up an error, and it'll say, you know, uh, ballot number 25 has an error. And right. so the right. process would be to take ballot number 25, as well as all of the other ballots that had already went through the tabulator, off, put them right. back in a pile, put ballot number 25 on top of the stack, discard the whole batch, and rescan it. And that's, and instead they went through that process several times. Uh, and, the, and, describe the night shift chaos that you described. Uh, food, uh, food vans apparently showing up, but not with food, but with uh, ballots, uh, apparently. Uh, give us a sense of what happened there. So there, um, so I worked a 24-hour shift. Um, I started at 6 a.m. and I got off at 6 p.m. or 6 a.m. Uh, the next day. Um, so I started at 6 a.m. November 3rd, got off at 6 a.m. November 4th. 
So I was there during their day shift and their night shift. Um, the city provides the workers with food for their shift. Well, they only had enough food for right. one third of their workers. Right. So that is the reason why they were claiming that these vans were were brought in. But these vans did not have food it, 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 taken out of them. And the vans, the vans that showed up, uh, they were supposed to be filled with food. What did what did they have in them? Do you know? I never saw anything being brought out of the vans. I know that whatever was being brought out of the vans was being brought out of the back of the vans, but um, I was not allowed over in that area at all. But the vans were definitely not big enough to be carrying enough food for two thirds of those workers. Well, it, it's all very suspicious. Uh, it is very clear that you have witnessed highly irregular uh, activities uh, in that counting session. And David, I want to turn to you. Uh, how well protected is uh, is Melissa uh, as a contractor for Dominion voting uh, the voting systems and uh, your and your role here? Well, I'm the uh, lead attorney with Great Lakes Justice Center. We filed the complaint on behalf of two voters and residents of Wayne County. Melissa is one of our witnesses who provided an uh, affidavit as well as many other people. We have affidavits from another whistleblower, <clears throat> Jesse Jacob, who is uh, an employee of the city of Detroit, right. worked in the election department. She delineates all kinds of uh, fraud and problems she saw. And then also uh, uh, an attorney, Zachary Larson, who's a former Michigan assistant attorney general, worked under both Republican and Democrat administrations. And he saw many acts that were uh, incredibly uh, concerning to him. We got an affidavit just this afternoon, Lou, from Ruth Johnson, who is our former secretary of state, who just uh, left that position two years ago. And she reviewed our complaint and all the affidavits, and she recommended to the court, we had a hearing today at 3 o'clock, and she recommended to the court that the court intervene and take action to order an audit. Michigan now has a new constitutional provision that allows voters to request the results-oriented audit to ensure the accuracy and integrity of elections. So we're asking the court, and we did it today. We had about a two-hour hearing. The judge is going to rule at noon on Friday as to whether or not uh, an injunction will issue to stop the certification of the votes and then whether or not there will be a uh, audit ordered as well as a protective order to protect uh, evidence so it's not destroyed. So that's what we asked for today. And uh, Melissa's been very brave to come out with her affidavit as well as the others. You can go to our website, greatlakesjc.org, and you can see the complaint and all the affidavits and read it all for yourself. Right. Great. Super. David, thank you very much. Melissa, as we go, uh, I, w I want to give you the, uh, the the last word. You work for Dominion. Uh, did you complain to Dominion about what you were seeing and what was their response? We have just about a minute. I absolutely did. Um, I uh, confronted my boss and he told me that he doesn't want to hear it. He didn't want to hear it. He said, it is not our job to be running their election. We are here to assist with IT. Melissa Caron, again, our thanks for stepping forward. David Coleman, thank you. Uh, we appreciate you both joining us tonight to shed further light 
on what was going on uh, in, in this country on election night and a bit of what before and after looked like as well. So you kind of got an idea, folks, what they were saying, right? If they had a batch of 50 and number 25 had a mark on it, because these ballots are only supposed to be marked in the little um, in the little oval that you mark on your ballot, if, if you vote that way. Um, and any other mark, any other pen mark, pencil mark, or anything else flags that, um, and it has to be adjudicated in a different way. And so what they were doing is if they had 20, 50 of them and 20, number 25 was bad, they would pull 25 out and do the rest of the batch. And then they would do the rest of the batch. They would do that batch again and 25 would still be a problem. And then they would finish that batch and then they would do it three or four times. So each one of those ballots was counted four times. And this happened back in Detroit back in 2016. And when somebody had asked um, or demanded that um, that a recount be done, they started to do a recount in Wayne County. And then they realized that they had more they had more votes than they had voters. So the you know the the state conceded and um, and said, you know, okay, well Trump won the election. Um, based on this, because they knew if they did this and in Detroit, and uh, and they found out that they had more voters than uh, than are registered, and then they did it in Lansing and then in Traverse City and other places like that, they would realize there was massive election fraud, and it would have been brought up back in 2016 instead of 2020, like it's being brought up this year. Maybe it would have been resolved in this this uh, circus would not be going on right now, but it is. And, um, and it is what it is and it, it will all be straightened out. I, I have no doubt about that, but, um, anyway, um, so we, uh, we went ahead and looked at that. Now the, the lawyer brought up a, uh, that people could go to his website and see what the um, you could actually get the uh, the court affidavit, but um, I'm going to do this the the uh, lazy way because this is basically the the court affidavit in um, in uh, layman's terms. Okay, it's uh, not really. Um, showing the plaintiff's names and I don't think we need to publish those anyway on the radio show. Uh, they're going to be getting enough flack as it is. So let's leave them out of it. So, uh, this is great lakes justice center. And this is the, the, uh, URL that he gave for us to look at. It says press release election fraud lawsuit filed in Wayne County. And then there's actually a button to download the press release, uh, which we're reading. Um, press release, Lansing, Michigan, at first reported, as first reported by Steve Gruber on the Steve Gruber radio show, the Great Lakes Justice Center, GLJC, filed an action in Wayne County Circuit Court alleging massive fraud and the election vote counting procedures. The suit states that Wayne County election officials allowed illegal, unlawful, and fraudulent processing of of votes cast in last Tuesday's election. 
Numerous witnesses have filed sworn affidavits uh, under oath attesting to the fraudulent activities that they observed directly. These acts disenfranchised lawful voters and potentially changed the outcome of the election. The various acts of fraud are itemized in the complaint, and it's where it gives the uh, um, the court order. This is a copy of the complaint can be found at, at this, and it gives a URL. Um, so there's four points here. Violation of plaintiff's constitutional right to election accuracy and integrity. Number two, violation of plaintiff's quo warranto. Uh, right to a fraud-free election. Number three, violation of plaintiff's constitutional equal protection rights. And number four, violation of statutory election laws. The plaintiff's um, complaint alleges many illegal and fraudulent actions by defendants. For example, one, two, three, four, five. There's eight bullet points. Number one, ballots were counted even though the voters' name did not appear in the official voter rolls. Well, that's a big no-no. Um, bullet point number two, election workers were ordered not to to not verify voter signatures on absentee ballots, uh, comma, to backdate absentee ballots, comma, and to process such ballots regardless of their validity. <laughs> You know what? I might be Italian and I might, they might call Italians dumb for being mobsters, but at least Italians would do it the right way and not get caught. Um, bullet point number three. Election workers processed ballots that appeared after the election deadline and falsely reported those ballots as, as received prior to November 3rd, 2020 deadline. That probably has something to do with the trucks that she saw pulling in, the, the food trucks that didn't have food on them. Um, next bullet point, defendants used false information to process ballots, such as using incorrect or false birthdays. Many times the election workers inserted new names into the QVF and recorded these new votes as having a birth date of 1-1 of 1900, which means that they would be 120 years old because they'd be the same age as my house. Um, next bullet point, defendant coached voters to vote for Joe Biden and the Democrat Party, election workers would go to the voting booths with the voters to watch them vote and to coach them whom to vote for. Welcome to the Soviet Union. Um, Next bullet point. Unsecured ballots arrived at the TCF Center loading garage, not in sealed ballot boxes, without any chain of custody and without envelopes. And the last bullet point, defendants refused to record challenges to their processes and remove challengers from the site if they, uh, from the site if they politely voiced the challenge. And it goes on to say, David A. Coleman, senior counsel with the GLJC, stated this type of widespread fraud and accounting and processing of voter ballots cannot be allowed to stand. Michigan citizens are entitled to know that their elections are conducted in a fair and legal manner and that every legal vote is properly counted. Such rampant fraud cannot be undone. We ask the court to enjoin the certification of these fraudulent election of this fraudulent election 
void the election and order a new vote in Wayne County. And believe me, this is going to go down like dominoes, folks. It really is. It's going to, it's going to go crazy. It's because it, if it happened in Detroit, it happened in every city in, well, the bottom part of Michigan anyway, probably not in the peninsula, but, um, so Michigan may widely, um, be turned over for, for President Trump. So anyway, I guess we can get rid of that one. Um, and then I found a, uh, a funny little article. I don't know how true it is. Sometimes this sounds some, like something that was made up, but you know, we're, we're allowed to dream. They haven't taken away our right to, to fantasize and dream. And, uh, this is from a site called the Daily Caller. Jeez, I wish I knew if this was parody or not, because if it's parody, I don't even want to put it on the radio. Um, let's see. You know what? I'm not going to read this because um, I know that Trump has a an issue with Fox News, and he has every right to have an issue with Fox. Well, I'm going to read it. What the heck? And if it's right, um, that's great. If it's wrong, then we address the possibility that it could be uh, fake news or um, a parody site. It says Trump reportedly plans to wreck Fox News and launch his own digital media streaming company, which I've suggested for a long time. I know he couldn't do it as a president, but if he gets um, doesn't get elected and Biden takes over, he certainly can do it. Uh, president Donald Trump reportedly plans to wreck Fox News by launching his own digital media channel, Axios reported Thursday. Trump was angered after the network called Arizona for President-elect Joe Biden, with just 73% of the votes counted, and he made it known publicly. And I, I was pissed off about that, too. Uh, the president, its aim is in launching a media channel, would be to clobber Fox News. Oh, boy. Where did that leave off? Um the club or Fox News and undermine the network, according to Axios, which cited multiple sources. He plans to wreck Fox, no doubt about it. Axios reported one source is saying um, related uh, Trump campaign criticizes Fox News. Uh, decision deaths over Arizona says director is a Clinton voting Biden donating Democrat. Could be. Uh, specifically, the president is not leaning towards launching a new cable channel due to the time and costs associated. Trump is, however, toying with the idea of an online streaming media channel that would likely charge a monthly fee for those who wish to watch, according to Axios. Count me in on that. Uh, the president will spend a lot of time slamming Fox, or said. This is what makes me think it's, uh, it's parody, but hey, who knows? Uh, the pre okay. Despite the threat, Fox News appears confident in its viewership base. Fox Corp CEO Lachlan Murdoch said uh, during all earnings call on November 3rd that the company loves competition 
Axios reported. We love competition, Murdoch said. We have always thrived with competition. Fox News has been a number one network, including broadcast networks of Labor Day through, through Election Day. But what you don't know, Fox, is that a lot of us turned to you because we didn't trust the other news sources. And now we can't trust you. So it's going to be adios and you will go down. If this is true, Fox News already has a streaming service, meaning Trump's potential channel would also need to compete with this. The network offers Fox Nation, a streaming direct to consumer service that's nearing its second year. Subscribers for this service have reportedly passed um, internal benchmarks, according to an article from Variety. So anyway, I've been suggesting for years that uh well, for the last four years that Trump started his own news because we're tired of <laughs> not having sources. Now we have Newsmax and, and a couple of others and uh, OANN, One American News Network, that are pretty good. But um, it's going to take a lot for them to catch up to Fox, unfortunately, because I have relatives that like Fox News still and, and do not accept the fact that there are problems um, with Fox News. And uh, yes, there are a couple of really excellent people on there like Tucker Carlson and um, Sean Hannity. But uh, the rest of them, I don't know. Maybe Laura Ingram, if she's still on there. But I heard that they fired uh, Trent Gowdy because he was going to go... work on something for Trump and uh, so he got fired and if that's true then that's bias right there but anyway um, so tonight what have we done we've looked at several things we've looked at some more of the voter fraud stuff some uh, more of uh, eyewitness accounts of people that have seen things and questioned things and and uh, are being uh, actually witnesses in court cases um, I think that uh, if everything goes right, that Michigan will turn around. Uh, Wisconsin, I don't know. Uh, people from Wisconsin are, are strange by nature, and uh, you never know what they're going to do. So uh, we were warned about that by Bill Schnobelin, who comes from Wisconsin originally. And he basically said people from Wisconsin are weird. So... Uh, you have it from one of their own people that they're not quite uh, up to snuff. So uh, anyway, uh, all that stuff being said, I just wanted to bring in another report of what's going on with all this stuff. And we'll probably will continue to do so um, until it's all resolved one way or another. Um, um, yeah, I won't come on with trivial stuff. Uh, it'll have to be something real important. I'm interested to see what Trump has to say and if he's going to dump all that information out for us to read. It would be very interesting. Um, so uh, all those things haven't been said. I am going to call it a night. I just pray for you guys that you have uh, peace about all this stuff um, and that uh, you, no matter what happens, no matter who wins, that God's got everything in his hands, that he protects his own, and by God, I mean Yahweh. I'm not talking about Allah or the Brahmin or anything else. I'm talking about Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov. Um, and um, 
So I'm just putting it all in his hands because I really don't want the responsibility of having to worry about it. And we are told to let the concerns of every day just be the only concerns we worry about because we can't change tomorrow. So anyway, uh, those things haven't been said. Um, be blessed. And uh, if need be, there'll be another show tomorrow night. I seem to enjoy doing this. And um, oh, man, you, you don't know how much I wish I could do this as a profession. Um, I think this was my calling and I just missed it. <laughs> Of course, when I was younger, there were no computers. And then as I got older, there was no Internet until, you know, late 1990s. And and the capabilities of Internet haven't been up to snuff until about maybe five or six years ago, oh, 10 years ago when we first started the show. By the way, uh, next month, December, is our 10th anniversary. Um, I don't know. We might have a special show for that. Um, in December of uh, 2010, uh, Jim Wilhelmson and I decided to quit being uh, special guests on programs and start our own program um, with the help of um, some people I can't remember right now. Uh, we, we have received help throughout the years uh, to get technical issues going and everything. Uh, Randall Mann is one of them. Uh, excellent man. I, I hope he gets back on the radio someday. I know that he's really busy making a living now and uh, having a, uh, being young and having a family, that's what you have to do. Um, and then there was an, another fellow that we started out with earlier. And for the life of me, I can't remember his name right now. So, But anyway, uh, yeah, we were led in this direction and then finally uh, got on the blog talk radio and stayed on air for three or four years and then realized it was costing us a mint. And, uh, then we, st- we got on to, uh, I don't know, it was another format we started on. That's where Randall Mann got us involved. And we used that for a few years. And then, um, about three years ago, I think I started on Spreaker. Uh, I've had various co-hosts. Uh, Jim has been a co-host for many years, Jim Wilhelmson. Uh, Frank, um, <laughs> man, I can't remember anything tonight. Um, we had a guy named Frank that was a co-host for a short while. Um, and I, and I winged it for several years by myself. Um, and now we have, uh, Brian, um, and, uh, we have Eric that are co-hosts, excellent co-hosts. Uh, Jim has decided to go in his own direction, um, starting up his own show. God bless him. Maybe we can um, work together and be guests on each other's shows, which would be kind of neat. But uh, if that day comes, that's great. If it doesn't, then that's great, too. So whatever Yahweh has planned is what we want to do, right? Um, so, well, enough of the idle chit-chat. Um we really have nothing planned yet for Monday. I have to talk with Brian and uh, Eric about that. But um, we we are expecting um, Russ Tanner and Laura Clement to come on again um, and go deeper into what they were talking about earlier about uh, chemtrails and also about the um, using different compounds to, to cleanse us from the heavy metals that are in our bodies. Uh, as a matter of fact, I ordered some of that stuff this week. 
see how it'll start working. It's supposed to come in tomorrow. So if I could get the AFib under control without having to take medication, I think that would be wonderful. So um, we'll see what happens. But uh, I'm going to be wise and talk to my doctor about it and explain what I'm doing. Um, you can't go foolhardily into the night and just stop stuff. Um, even if you're, even if you've been on meds for years, um, if you decide to go off, you need to taper down very, very slowly because your body comes, becomes very, very used to the medication that you're on if you've been on it for years, especially. Um, I noticed that, um, I have to take just a couple of pills that I have to take every 12 hours and if, I go to the 13th hour. I start to kind of feel like I, you know, I forgot something and then realize I didn't take my pills. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens if this uh, economy goes bust and and the health system goes bust and everything else and uh, we can't get our meds. So um, that's what to expect if Biden gets in office and, uh, a thousand other things that are detrimental to the Republic and to our lives and, and everything else. And, uh, you, <laughs> for those of you who thought Trump was a bad president, when you're standing in a bread line and, uh, for hours and then you get up there and then they just tell you they ran out of bread because the owner of the bread store decided to give his brother-in-law three loaves instead of just one. Um, and one of those loaves really belonged to you. And you go to drive your car and they tell you you can't anymore because it burns fossil fuels and you can't find gasoline anymore. And somehow you got to figure out how to get an electric vehicle. But there's going to be brownouts and blackouts because so much energy is going to be used to power the cars. And you have people like our dumbhead governor who's who wants to knock down hydroelectric dams, which are the clean way to make electricity. Yet she wants to eliminate coal-fired power plants and uh, us getting energy from those power plants. So um, I'm telling you, liberalism is a mental disorder. It always has been and it always will be, and I'll leave on that account. Um, have a blessed, blessed um, rest of the weekend. If I don't talk to you until Monday, probably will, but if I don't, have a blessed weekend. And uh, may Yahweh just give you all the things that you need. Um, just, you know, the roof over your head, food, clothing, and shelter, um, and other things that you need. Not necessarily what you want, because wants are not as important as needs, but, uh, if he decides to throw some of those things in too, then that's wonderful. And, uh, well, just have a blessed week and, uh, weekend, and, uh, we'll talk soon. God bless. Bye.